and um, it's been an unbelievable experience. It's been my education to travel with the great James Blood Ulmer. I don't know if any of you out there might be familiar with Blood, but he's a living legend of the electric guitar, incredible blues player, um, incredible uh, jazz player and rock player, and just an innovator and a totally inimitable player, I would say. I've been privileged to play with Ijigayeu Shobabao, who's known in the Ethiopian community as Gigi, one of the greatest singers to emerge um, in modern Ethiopian music, and I toured with her for a few years. It was an incredible experience playing Ethiopian music and seeing it captivate people all around the world. Well, not all around the world, but in vast places. I wish we got to tour more, honestly. Um, I also got to travel extensively with Kirsch Kale. I'm not sure if any of you guys might have heard of Kirsch, but he's another brilliant, brilliant artist. I call him the tabla beat master. He's a great tabla player, but he also plays the trap kit, and he plays piano, guitar, sings, just incredible multi-instrumentalist. And I had my uh, formative experience in electronic music with him. Um, I played with um, Maya Asusena, who's a wonderful R&B singer, um, you know, neo-soul, contemporary soul singer who has just done amazing things. I'm so proud of Maya and how she's uh, just continued to flourish in her career. I've played with Tamar Kali for many years. They call her the Geechee goddess of warrior hardcore soul. We were featured in the movie Pariah. We were featured in the documentary Afropunk, which has sort of gone on to be an institution unto itself. But we were right there at the beginning, headlining the first Afropunk events. Um, I toured with Liddell McClinn, a great blues player out of Chicago. And on uh, different occasions, um, I've played with uh, Mark Brassard, who's a great singer out of Karen Crow, Louisiana. Um, I shouldn't say on different occasions. I meant to say actually on one special, special occasion. Um, I won't go into all the story or the backstory, I mean, to say about that. Uh, particular um, event, uh, but basically, you know, it's me being thrown up on stage without being able to rehearse with the band. Just a bunch of music to learn, and then you're on stage in front of thousands of people. So um, I've had some high-pressured situations that I've dealt with in my career, and it really made a man out of me, I have to say. I remember going on tour with Lily Hayden, great violin player who's played with P-Funk over the years, and um, there was a little confusion about timing and dates. I literally thought we were getting started in September. And it was like, no, August, like next week, as in um, I was completely unprepared. And I had to go on tour with her the very next day. And just through this, the power of soul, I, I guess I could say, I just learned all of her music. And we went on tour to support her album release. Um, one of my best friends... Um, the great Peter Prince, the godfather of Rocket Soul, is uh, another one of my credentials. Um, he's the leader and the founder of Moonboot Lover. So I had the honor of playing with Moonboot for years. Uh, me and Swiss Chris, the original drummer of Earth Driver. And Earth Driver is my band. And that's a band that is a, a legendary band in its own right. Our first album was called No One Slave. And that's where I'm coming from, guys. You, you hear what I'm talking about on this show. 
and hopefully you get the gist of where I'm coming from. And um, yes, indeed, I believe that we are all entitled to human dignity. I believe that we are all entitled to grow in our own way, through our own process, and we should be protected from violence and denigration. And I feel adamantly about those things. Um, this is a medical freedom dedicated show, as you might have noticed. And uh, I wish, you know, we could have just focused on more cultural things. That would have been nice. But I was forced into citizen journalism through the mandates, through the forced vaccination agenda that uh, continues to haunt us, basically. They really won't let it go with this coercive medical regime. And we need more and more people to stand up and to declare that we are not guinea pigs. We do not wish to be experimented on. We do not want our children available for experimentation. And speaking of children, before I forget, I want to say happy birthday to my son, Marcus. He just turned six years old, and uh, I'm so proud of him. Happy birthday to my wife, Irie, too, because, of course, every child's birthday is the mother's birthday as well. And, um, you know, it's my children that I'm here fighting for. I mean, I was a fighter in the first place. I do believe in my own human dignity, and I do want to stand up for myself, first of all. But now that I have children, it's a, a no-retreat, no-surrender type of situation. I really need to protect them from what feels like a dehumanizing force that's creeping up on us, this uh, digital currency issue that's looming, this notion of the emerging biosecurity state where we're all going to be subjected to forced medical intervention and uh, medical examination and uh, all the other little oppressive details therein. I also want to mention that we are going to discuss Israel-Palestine next week. I will be joined once again by Ryan Christian of Last American Vagabond. I'm really honored that he's uh, again joining me and helping me uplift this platform. He's been doing incredible coverage of the atrocities that are happening in Palestine. And I didn't want to avoid that conversation, by the way. But we are medical freedom focused show in the first place. And I wanted to stay consistent to that theme. And I didn't want to... Um, do a half-baked discussion of Israel-Palestine. If we're going to go into it, I want to go into it thoroughly. So um, I also want to mention, before we take some calls, that um, I have a new Substack out, and it's called You're Not a Doctor! Exclamation mark, subtitled, That's Neither Here Nor There. So please check out my new Substack. Um, I do want to mention that uh, this program is a nascent program. We've succeeded in having amazing guests on this program, and I want to remind everyone of some of the guests that we've had here. We've had my good friend Ryan Waters, the lead guitar player of Sade, was here on episode one. And I was so blessed because he was in town for a gig with Liv Warfield, and, um, you know, 
it was just a matter of chance that basically he could join me in studio that day for the inaugural show. So that was an honor. Ryan is a great guy and, uh, you know, one of my favorite musicians in the world to collaborate with. He's the co-producer of No One Slave, the album I mentioned earlier. Um, Ryan Christian, who I just mentioned, I forgot about that. We started out our whole series with back-to-back Ryans. Ryan Christian joined me for episode two, which was an incredible thing of him to do because I'm just getting started here, and he already has a big name, a big platform for himself, but he's doing what people rarely do, unfortunately, which is just uplifting others. So I'll always be indebted to him for that. Episode three, we had the family man, Jeremy Poole, the Scotland, uh, the Scottish accent. Uh, I hope I'm not messing up wherever. I'm sorry, I'm calling him Scottish. Please forgive me. He's from Wales. Um, but yeah, the, our, our, our brother from Wales who lives in Spain, who does brilliant videos covering economic information, demographic information. He's been covering the excess death issue very thoroughly and just an intelligent fellow who I was happy to connect with in the struggle. Um, Tessalina, who's a, a Substack legend. I think, um, I got a big boost from being interviewed by Tessalina. I think she brought me over the hump in terms of getting over 300 subscribers on Substack. Um, she has 20,000 followers, but you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm crawling up the, the side of the wall, um, trying to increase the visibility of this program just so we can bring more people into the conversation. We had Dr. Merrill Nass, who I had the pleasure of listening to last night on the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation weekly talk. She was brilliant as always. I'm not going to try to give a full recap, but she's also going to join us again soon. She's traveling, but sometime uh, soon. I don't want to make a random date, but basically she's done traveling and she'll be available um, at some point right before the beginning of the new year. And then we're going to definitely get her booked and on the air for all the updates that she has to provide us with. Um, my good friend, Brother Craig Blue, who's going to join me again soon in studio. He's going to co-host with me on a very special show we have coming up. We have Stephen Newcomb lined up for our day after Thanksgiving show. And um, as of now, uh, Brother Craig Blue is going to be in studio with me. And we had a, an excellent conversation talking about the state of our black community and uh, in a variety of issues, we touched on the medical freedom conversation. We had Steve Kirsch. And actually, could you guys get on Twitter and bug Steve Kirsch and um, tell him that you heard him on my show? Because uh, he hasn't um, retweeted our interview yet, but he's very, very busy. So I'm, I'm not faulting him for that. He has a lot of interviews to do and a lot of work to do. And he is a champion of the movement who blessed us by joining us on the airwaves and uh you know filling us in about the hard work he's been doing with the vaccine safety research foundation um episode eight we had my sister in struggle stephanie edmonds a medical freedom champion who uh, stood up to mandates a teacher who stood up boldly to mandates, immediately became a media activist and uh, a um, home education uh, resource for many people. 
uh, my brother Kevin Nathaniel, my bandmate both in my band Earth Driver and also our group, the Healing Sound Ensemble, as well as our duet project, Spirit of the Earth. But uh, I was so honored to have him in studio again, and we got to discuss the medical mandate situation and what we faced as musicians. Um, we immediately supported each other. As soon as the crisis started unfolding, we sort of caught eye contact from across the room and said, okay, you know what's going on. And I said, yeah, you know what's going on. And we immediately started collaborating. And um, actually, he was doing these great underground events that we didn't even get to discuss when he was on the air called Breathe Easy, letting folks get together and jam and play music when we were supposed to be afraid of each other and separated. Um, we had... Sujata Gibson, who's also going to join us again soon, and she's also very outspoken about Israel-Palestine, and we're going to have the Israel-Palestine discussion with Sujata Gibson on a forthcoming show, um, another great friend of the program and a champion of the medical freedom movement. Dr. Jessica Rose is our most downloaded show on Podbean, so thanks to Jessica Rose. She gave me a big old shout-out on Twitter, and that just kind of gave me a nice little media boost and I appreciate that greatly and we're going to get her back very soon because there's just so many updates with all these various uh, sub-conversations within the overarching conversation of medical freedom, human dignity, body sovereignty. Um, last week we had the brilliant Richard Fleming um, the physicist, the nuclear cardiologist, the attorney on the air, um, providing his incredible insights into the origin of COVID-19, the harms of the mRNA platform, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm really trying my best, guys. I'm trying to bring you guys great guests, great conversations, and I want to give you guys a platform to let me know what you're going through, what you've observed, if you want to talk about Israel-Palestine today, if you want to talk about any of the previous conversations that we've had, if you want to just get something off of your chest or share an observation of something you saw in your neighborhood or your part of the world, you're welcome to do so. So I believe we do have a caller on the line, and uh, I want to welcome our first caller to the baseline. We have Sherry Ann from California. Are you there, Sherry Ann? It's Sherry Ann. Hello? Hey, say that again. I'm sorry. It's Sherry Ann. Sherry Ann? Sherry Ann. Sherry Ann. You know, Sherry Ann from Harlem. Oh, okay. Excellent. How are you doing, sister? <laughs> I'm okay. I just left New York and just literally landed in SFO Airport, and I was like, oh, I hope I didn't miss Jeremiah's show. Oh, that's so that is so sweet of you to say that. I mean, I'm glad you're you're tuning in um, and, with such uh, dedication. Yeah, and I've been thinking a lot. I just uh, went to the Upper West Side of Manhattan yesterday for the first time and a long time, which is where I used to be a teacher and got fired and got um, banished, basically, from all the 14-year relationships I had with people at my school after I had a viral video of me talking about how I've been pro-choice my whole life. Um, it's my body, it's my choice. Right. And it's still my body and it's still my choice. And it was really um, 
mind bending to really confront how people who really, really believe in my body, my choice somehow found a way, a loophole in their mind to not see um, the vaccination program as the same thing. And uh, it was, it's, yeah. How do we, how do we heal going forward? Good question. Um, I think (laughs) from the the PTSD of social (laughs) exclusionary practices and behaviors. Yeah, it's a good question. How do we, I mean, we have to feel strong and firm within ourselves. First of all, this was a grand unveiling, you know, we can't um, discount what we've endured and what we've witnessed. You know, I don't think it's good to be, uh, repressive. I think we need to face the facts. That's always been my approach, you know? Yeah. I believe in the, in the face the, the facts kind of approach. Um, Christine Anderson actually made some really brilliant comments about that yesterday on the VSRF uh, oh, Thursday okay. evening talk. She was saying, you know, if a, if a family has a kidnapped child, God forbid, and they, they don't know the whereabouts of their child, they'd rather know that their child was found dead than never know what happened. You know, um, like the human, that was her example of basically how resilient um, we are. And, you know, there's there's certain pains in life that they're they're pains that we live with. I mean, you lose a loved one or certain tragedies happen. These are things we live with. It never washes away. I was just talking with a a good friend of mine who's on the line, I believe, about time and space is a distortion, you know. We're we're sort of, um, you know, that's what we're we're up against is time and space and the way it's been manipulated and controlled. Um, You know, someone can just mention something to you and you're just you're right there in that moment in time and space and the way that it's been explained to us just doesn't really apply. Yeah, I I was just watching on the plane a documentary called Lakota versus the United States. Wow. And and it's just so pertinent to all of it, to all of it. It's like it's pertinent to what's going on in Israel and Palestine right now. It's pertinent to what happened with our bodies. It's the same, you know, colonial mentality. And uh, one of the things that was really beautiful is one of the Lakota persons was saying that their ancestors, at the moment that this land was stolen from them, were praying for seven generations in the future. And that's his granddaughter. And he's holding his granddaughter saying, this this is who was prayed for when wow. they were coerced and forced into making this decision to try to not have all their children kidnapped. Wow. So that's it's, uh, that's my recommendation. Lakota versus the United States is a really... There's nothing new. Well, thank you for that recommendation. <laughs> um, please stay in touch with us. Um, we, yes. do, we do have several callers on the line. I thank you so much for taking awesome. the time to Yay. tune in while you're in California. Enjoy. Are you coming back soon? Are you on vacation? No. Sorry, I missed you. No, I'm coming. This is home now. Okay. Well, enjoy your lovely California. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm way up north. It's okay. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's a little windy up Love there. Love you, Jeremiah. Thank you so much. You too. On your amazing show. Thank you so Bye. much. Please spread the word. We love you too. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye. And now we have a, a good friend of mine, a collaborator of mine.
we have Mr. Na from planet Earth. Mr. Na? Respect. Rastafari. Yes, brother. So speak to us. You were um you were on fire this morning. My brother, Mr. Nah, he's a poet, and when he speaks, it's just poetry. Um, we don't even need an engineer. We just need someone to just click record, and when this brother starts to speak, he speaks with, with great passion. Actually, he, he hit me up this morning with this great concept for all of us, which is the revolutionary determination to live. Talk to us, Mr. Nah. Yes, um, they like to make it seem complicated that you need an intervention in order to carry on. If I'm okay, how does, you know, taking a shot of anything make me better. I'm already okay. Right. I was saying that. Someone and, imposing an emergency upon you. <laughs> and, and it's not that I'm against, like in reading your article, I realized that, um, that this war is common sense versus nonsense. And nonsense is kicking ass. That's true. They got us up against the ropes. They're raining in the punches. And common sense is, is, is the higher self. Beyond fighting, the art of, beyond the art of fighting without fighting. Right. Be still and respect what is. The love that you are. Love is forever. Yes. And we're dealing with fear. And the want and need of power. Mm -hmm. And security. Mm -hmm. It's fear of death. What's going to protect me? from death. Death is inevitable. What is your life about? Are you a, a person of the earth or are you a, a, some farm animal to be experimented on? on? What is it to be a human being? Yes. And this respect that we no one in the sound of my voice for centuries have been born in a peaceful world. And this war, slavery, and genocide, this combination of madness that we uh, succumb to or resist. You know, the thing is, people quick, quick to say, I'm not racist. Impossible. 
You consider yourself black. You consider yourself white. You consider yourself... We're dealing with the myth of white supremacy. We're in the aftermath. And all this math is, is, you know, what is common sense and what is nonsense? Yeah, that's it, brother. What is common sense and what is nonsense? Brother, Mr. Nah, thank you so much for calling in today. You, you, uh, you blessed us, and I knew you would. Um, and love I agree with you. Love every time. Love conquers all. Love every time. Love is forever. That's life. False evidence appearing real. That's death. And we, 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 you know, all this stuff is getting comfortable in death, and it pretends to to give you life. This this vaccine that doesn't stop anything. But it, it, it becomes the thing that it's, it's supposed to stop. Right. You know, so the thing is, that it's not about freedom. It's about being free. What's it, what, what, what is being free? A needle in my arm is not free. No, you're right, brother. You're speaking the truth. Brother, we have a bunch of calls lined up now. Thank you. All right, do your thing, brother. I love you, and I love, love every time. Peace. Love, brother. Love. That's my, my dear friend um, and collaborator, Mr. Na, M-R-N-A, Mr. Na. Um, we have Rick from Port Washington. Is Rick lined up still? Okay, excellent. Brother, Rick, are you on the, the airwaves yes, with us? How are you doing? Very good. How are you today, Rick? Good, good, good. Good to, good to hear your voice. You too. How are you? What's um, going on today? What are you thinking about? Well, basically, I mentioned some of these ideas on Utrice about five months ago, I think. Okay. But we really don't have an overall political plan. That's very true. That's very true. I agree with you. You know, if we were to ask, you know, like a representative sample of citizens, where are we going? Yeah. They're going to be like, I don't All know, over the place. place. All, over All over the place. place. All over the map. So... What I would suggest, and this is true whether it's domestic in the U.S. or Ukraine, Russia, or Israel, or anywhere, um, I would say the first thing is we use for polling, for surveying, we use this idea of representative citizen sample. Mm -hmm. They are in a passive position. We ask them these questions, and we get the results. Um, but the use of that element stops there. Hmm. We don't use it for policy uh, exchange, discussion. Oh, no, in fact, we contradict the will of the people regularly. Exactly, and exactly, exactly. And we don't use it for policy formation. And once we, as a people, you know, that there's that phrase, we the people. Right. But the truest definition of that in my brain is a representative sample. Hmm. And if we were to come up with a plan, a policy plan, and I've mentioned like some of the election reform ideas that I have on Gary's show, like also about five months ago, mm-hmm. downstream from that, as I was saying to him, are the economic issues, which are mostly the healthcare issues, because yeah. if you have a crazy two-party system, that's non-accountable 
for various reasons, you're not going to get the change. It doesn't matter what we talk about, you know, uh, in Israel, here, Ukraine. It doesn't matter because the system is unmoving. So if we were to come up with a plan and then in like a bottom-up way instead of the top-down system that we have now, find the candidates who will support that plan. Yeah. That would be the, that to me would be the solution. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to get into a, a full hashing out of your idea right here. I'm very yeah, thrilled yeah. that you put this on the table. Um, mm-hmm. My only issue is, just in listening to what you're saying, is in terms of just the vast corruption that we're facing, it's like, really, a good candidate? I mean, that just doesn't really exist, basically. I mean, we've seen these enormously powerful, you know, Wall Street entities basically place our leaders before us, and it's a pay-to-play system, you know? So it's like, yeah. do we do a big shake-up, first of all? Like, how do we how do we even get ourselves into a position that we could exercise a legitimate process? But I, I greatly appreciate... Uh, what you're saying and I, I'm glad that you're thinking like this and yeah, everyone needs to like we need to take the time to have these conversations and put our heads together and figure out well, what can we actually do to make a dent to that's what I want to happen with this show actually is I, I want this show and I don't want to start sounding power hungry myself you know that's the sort of weird paradox is you know we have to be humble while right, gracefully right. using power you know but I want this show to be able to move the needle you know, I would like Absolutely. to be able to make an announcement on this show and people say, OK, we, we need to support that. Everyone chip in a dollar or everyone show up at City Hall or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Everybody exactly. retweet this tweet, you know. Exactly. But um, I really appreciate you calling in. Please stay in touch with us. Um, please check out my newest Substack if you haven't already. It just it's hot off the press. Um, if anybody sees a typo in any of my Substacks, please just give me a little message and I'll go and edit it. That's one cool thing about Substack. Once you press publish, you can go back and fix a comma or an apostrophe. Or um, I think I saw this morning at like 7 in the morning, I was listening to the uh, playback, like the voice playback of my own article. And um, I think I said, autom- autom- I don't forget, I forget how to risk. I put the M where the N is supposed to be in the N where the M is supposed to be an autonomy. Like, Ooh, that didn't sound right how the AI voice said that. So if you see a typo, please let me know. I'll fix it right away. But um, please check out my new article. And, and thank you so much, Rick, for, for calling in. And please stay in touch with us. Sounds good. Take it easy. You too. Thank you. I believe we have Eduardo from Brooklyn. Is Eduardo still hanging on there? Absolutely, Jeremiah. Excellent. Hey, thank you for calling, Eduardo. It's good to hear from you. Absolutely. Indeed. People's Republic of Brooklyn. Yes, brother. For half a century, brother. Yeah, with the revolutionary determination to live, right? (laughs) Yes, and to actually thrive. Mm. Okay, so I am in the process of pushing back. I am the proud recipient of a termination uh, status from Health and Hospital Corporation because I refuse to be forced into any medical imposition. Well, bless and you so, for that, man. You know, solidarity. Thank you, bless you. Thank you brother. So uh, I'm not about just uh, spewing what I stand for. I, I actually am 
dealing with it for the past two years. It's, it's been out on November 29th of 2021. So I know there's a lot of people on the line, and it's my first time calling in in a live show. But you mentioned a couple of your guests, and I was wondering, Jeremiah. Yes, sir. Will you be able to share with us I am in need of legal counsel. I want to be able to see how can I sue them for illegal uh, terminating my status. Uh, who do you think, from what you've researched and all your uh, exposure to these experts, uh, who do you think I can reach out to so that uh, I can push back and sue these people? I'd say, hey, reach out to Sujata Gibson our powerhouse attorney, our former guest who just sued, uh, or, or I don't you know, I don't know who's, what, you know, the various legal terminology, the difference between suing and filing charges and all this stuff. The, the law is not something I've gravitated towards, but, but we had some legal victories. We've had some legal setbacks, unfortunately, but I'm not sure if you heard our interview or my interview with uh, Sujata Gibson, but the healthcare workers in New York State just won their case and the Supreme Court of New York State said to the governor and to the state itself, no, that's not constitutional what you did. You violated their constitutional rights. Now, the full compensation for that, have all those people gotten their jobs back? Maybe some of them have moved on with their lives and don't want their jobs back. I don't know. Um, but yeah, somehow, if you could send me an email or even uh, reach out to Sujata Gibson on Twitter, She's rather accessible, just like she was willing to appear on this program. But there are people. I'm sorry, brother. Do you have a telephone number or anything like that that I can call on? Um, yeah, you can You can look on my website, jeremiahhosea.com. J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H-H-O-S-E-A. And that's for all of you guys, by the way. That's my website with my music. Please, guys, buy a song for one buck. Make me feel like a champ, um, so I can buy snacks for my kids. But um, but you have my phone number there. You have my email address there. Reach out to me, and um, I'm sure you could at least uh, get a, a consultation from Sujata, who's uh, located in upstate New York. But if she couldn't help you directly, I'm sure she could send you in the right direction. But yeah, we need people such as yourself. Um, standing up for themselves because, yes, your rights were violated. And no, we should not go quietly into the night when our rights are violated. And that's one of the sort of offensive things that has gone on here is first you want to violate my rights and then you want to tell me to forget about it. Well, no, it doesn't work like that. We're not going to play um, the amnesia game with you guys. We know what happened and we need to see this through till the end because if we let them do this one time, um, it can only get worse if we don't stand up for ourselves definitively and in a pronounced way. Um, and, you know, you know, I, I just want to piggyback on what you just said. Uh, yes, sir. In the past, I've heard Gary said that he only takes about 1% of the population to cause a revolution. And that stuck with me, Jeremiah, for quite a number of years. I cannot fathom I cannot believe that we cannot even get 1% of the population here in New York to push hard where it hurts, that we can come together. 
I mean, just to give an example, the week before September 27 of 2021, there were almost 100,000 uh, em- uh, employees in uh, healthcare workers that were still holding back. And would you believe that they all gave in just before the week, the, uh, the, the deadline, how we stood together before September 27 of 2021, they would not have been able to cover all the shift. There wasn't going to be enough technical nurses, doctors available to cover the hospital's needs. And I believe in some states the the medical workers did stand up a little bit stronger. I think there were some success stories. Ohio might be one case, I'm not sure, but I think mandates were pushed back in some locations where people did make a unified front. But, yeah, I mean, in New York, we just folded like a tent in the wind, man. I mean, and you remember that, I mean, I'm, I'm a veteran of the 2009 pushback of the H1N1 swine flu. Wow. I mean, I even went up there with Gary to Albany, and it was a mass success. Mm. And uh, as you may remember, uh, 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 Pat, David Patterson became the acting governor because oh, you know what David happened Patterson. to the other fellow. Yeah. So they had given us an email saying that all healthcare workers who do not get the swine flu vaccine by December 15th of, of 2009 were going to be sent home without pay. Wow. And I re- Interesting. Yesterday. So, yeah, we've been building up to this. Uh, you know? Yeah. yeah. So people don't realize that it's the president. Yeah, you know what I have to say on that note? And, and I'm sorry, brother, I don't want to cut you off. We do have a bunch of people on the line. And I want to get a bunch of people in, you know, on this. Banan- no, no, no. Don't apologize, brother. You, you enlightened us and you uplifted us. Um, and you, you definitely, um, you know, you spoke some some vital truth here. Um, but, yeah, I'll just say quickly, I'm a New Yorker. You know, a friend of mine, I remember, said I was on some New York till I die type of stuff. Like, you know, other people dream about where would they move if they could live anywhere they wanted. And I'm just like, no, I'm going to stay in New York. But I'll tell you, um, you know, as much as I am a New Yorker, I was born and raised here. It's so much a part of who I am. I'm so disappointed with our city. I mean, I thought we were tough. And up, it's like kind of like the bully who's like, oh, you're not that tough, actually. You just got your butt kicked real easy. Um, I I didn't see the fight. I didn't see the fight in us, man. I thought thought we would be a lot tougher to take down than that. Um, So, yeah, I'm still still recovering from that, from realizing, oh, my city's not as tough as I thought we were. But, brother, please stay in touch. Um, Find my contact info at jeremiahhosea.com dot com and um yeah let's let please go stand up for yourself get get some legal representation because you're in the right and your rights were violated so yeah you deserve compensation totally thank you brother much blessing to you much respect you too you too we'll we'll be in touch reggie are you on the line from bed do we have reggie yes uh reggie sylvester uh Drummer, professional musician. Oh, my brother, my brother. Okay, there we go. I was like, where's this guy going with this Sylvester business? Okay, okay, my brother. Okay, Reggie Sylvester. Okay, you're not trying to do some funny stuff. I know who you are. No, 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 no. No, no. I'm so, hey, brother, thank you so much for calling in, man. And and thank you so much for, you know, for for standing your ground and sticking up for yourself when, when when they tried to have you with your back against the wall. Oh, I, you know, as, as, the things um, that you talked about as a professional musician and the people that have listened to the show, I went through the same thing. And um, t- 
horrible when you lose 90, 90 to ninety five percent of your income. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. Uh, but I just wanted to ask um, one: the archives of your previous show. Yes, um, sir. Can you put that on the um, on the general? Oh, yeah, yeah. We need to get that updated. I need to bug some people about that. Another thing that bugs me, and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but they need to change, my aunt pointed out, they need to fix the blue on top of blue on the website. That's hard to read. Like, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, my, for, but for everyone listening, um, please write this down. The baseline, B-A-S-S. L-I-N-E. So it's actually, there's a, there are two different words, guys. There's baseline, like B-A-S-E-L-I-N-E. That's not the name of this show. I'm a bass player playing low-end bass. So it's B-A-S-S-L-I-N-E dot podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com. And actually go to jeremiahhosea.com, and if I'm not mistaken, a link to my show, my archives, I think are at my website now as well to make it easy. Yeah, go to jeremiahhosea.com. And all 12 shows that we've done are archived. This show will be archived on Monday, and uh, we're going to keep it rolling. You know, we have so many great guests that are going to join us and so many great guests we've already had that are going to rejoin us. But, brother, I want to collaborate with you, man. we got to figure uh, out same. a way to get some rhythm section business happening. Same. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll, let, we'll talk. Let's we'll uh, talk. Yeah, we got to we got to do our free. Actually, you know what? Maybe we. we I want to do our band. We want to start a new band called the Shadow Band. Band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we do that? Let's let's start it up, man. You have saved. I mean, having this general, having alternative information. If I wasn't an alternative listener to alternative, actually, originally. BAI from the 80s all the way through, I wouldn't have the template to at least check out the information. So individuals like yourself have saved my life. So I appreciate that. Hey, well, thank you so much for that, brother. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I got your back. And, you know, I appreciate your words of encouragement, man. You've been encouraging and, and positive and keeping your head straight throughout the madness, man. So, I, you know, I, I respect you for that tremendously. And I really want to p collaborate with you. So let's figure Absolutely. that out. Yeah, let's, 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 yeah, let's get up in the studio, man. I'll see you soon, brother. And thanks for Absolutely. calling in so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we you. have my brother... From another mother, we have Craig Blue from the Bronx, who's going to be joining me in studio in just a matter of weeks. But, Brother Blue, it's so great to hear from you. How are you doing today? How's, uh, how's everything going in Co-op City? How's Mama Blue? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you great. All right, man. All right. How's Mama Blue? Mama Blue's doing well. We just had a nice omelet and some sausages. Oh, that's wonderful, man. That's wonderful. Yeah, hey, brother. What are you thinking about at this moment? I mean, we had a great conversation just earlier today, and we had a great conversation yesterday. So <laughs> what's on your mind right now? <laughs> well, I was, you know, it's good to hear other people. I think the one thing that we may forget sometimes in New York City is how many people were affected by the mandate. Right. And I myself was fired from a museum, an institution in Brooklyn, in New York City that mandated the vaccinations. And I wasn't a permanent employee. I was a freelance employee, but I worked for them 
uh, going on a good year, even during the pandemic, uh, doing remote learning classes and drawing classes and things like that. And um, they had no issue and no problem with um, sending me an email saying, you need to now get vaccinated or you can no longer work for us. Right. And even with my religious exemption, um, with my political views, um, they basically ignored everything right. and said, nope, we don't care. Um, legally, if you don't do this, we have the legal um, constitution to fire you and, and not no longer need your services. And that, you know, like many people that have just called in, that affected, you know, a major part of my income. Right. And it's still affecting that. Right. And and now we're coming up to the holidays. And as we spoke before, you know, my my position on American holidays. And I don't see what any of us would be celebrating. Yeah, seriously. How, how ridiculous, a, honestly. You know, especially here in New York, we should take a much harder position on the people that did lose their jobs, the people that were not rehired, um, that a medical intervention is no, is nowhere near um in any of the contractual agreements that we have with any work, you can't tell me what I have to do. Yeah, really. How, the, how the crazy. Basics, you like, know, basic physical or whatever, that I'm in good health, good mental health, to work at this job, to teach. And now that has affected not only myself, but many teachers, healthcare professionals, um, civil servants, you know, civil servant employees. And it's really despicable. Oh, it's serious? Really and, despicable. and it's like, wow. So the intervention that needs the people who didn't take it to take it for it to work so that you could get the same non-protection as the so-called protected people had like make it make sense it's so crazy that they got up there joe biden um pundits like rachel maddow said if you take this vaccination fauci himself as a matter of fact and actually you know it it harkens back to uh, yesterday great conversation with um with uh, aaron siri on the high wire attorney Aaron Siri was pointing out the timeline of, hey, you know, everyone's busy going to work and going about their American lives. But if we go and look at the Freedom of Information documents, if we look at the timeline of certain uh, emails that have now been divulged through FOIA requests and whatnot, they knew, they knew, they, they, they knew it didn't stop transmission or infection and they pushed it as though it did anyway. And when did we get so perfectly okay with just being lied to all over the place? It's like Brother uh, Mr. Nah earlier um, was calling earlier, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's nonsense versus common sense. It's the truth versus a lie. I mean, people need to stop uh, supporting the lie. Hey, they lie. That means you don't trust them. That means they're not your friend. That means they're not cool. They're not good. Stop listening mm -hmm. to them. Stop abiding by them. You don't get a chance. In a, you shouldn't get a chance to lie endlessly to a person yeah. and then still maintain an air of trust. Well, no, I don't trust you. You lied. Your, your information is incorrect. And that's another thing that I find interesting is once you say it stops transmission and infection and it doesn't, well, what else are you wrong about? Like the ridiculous exactly. assumption that they're only wrong about one little major thing. It's a major thing about all of this, but that's the only thing they're wrong about. Well, no, it seems like they're wrong about everything across the board. It seems like everything they exactly. said was either a lie or just incorrect or what have you. But, you know, the truth exactly. is not in them. No. And, you know, like when we talk, when you teach chess and we talk about chess, outside of the many things we talk about, when did we lose our sense of, okay, this, that 
being strategized against right. in the larger community. Right. We're being strategized against, and it's not the first time. Right. We've been being prepped slowly but surely down this slippery slope of what we give up to what we call the governing body. What, right. we give, what rights are we giving up? In 9-11, what rights did actually did we give up? How did it change traveling? How did it change our conversation? How did it change our outlook on, you know, on Middle Eastern countries? You know, continually, they just keep chipping away at our cognitive, you know, at, at, our, at our critical thinking skills. Right. And then we start practicing cognitive dissonance, where then the people that are being abused, not knowing they're being abused, then start defending the people that abuse us. Right. It's Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> to the next level. Well, brother, you must be in the Bronx because you're hitting home yeah. runs like a Bronx bomber right now. <laughs> um, you know how we do. Yeah, but brother. Hey, you. hey, I'm going to talk to you later. Thank you, yeah. man. Uh, can't wait to have you in studio. I'm going to call you later. And we have uh, another favorite of the baseline. We have Brother Phil on from Central California. Can you hear me, Phil? Yes, sir. Uh, how's it going, Jeremiah? Oh, it's going great, man. Good to hear from you, man. I'm so glad that you uh, were able to get on the air with us today. What are you thinking about, man? How's everything going out there where you are? What's the latest? Well, uh, it's going all right out here, you know, just trying to make ends meet. Uh, I hear I'm you. I'm a working class person out here in California. I hear you. Uh, what do you mean? You don't, you you don't know, take a here. helicopter to work, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. You know, we, I thought you we had a $70,000 watch on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just hope the car doesn't break down on the way to work, you know. And I was at work when I was listening to you speak with uh, Dr. Richard Fleming. Yeah. And... Uh, I think you, I think you started to ask him about, like, I'm not sure if you did or just my mind made me think of this, but mm. I think you guys started to talk about whether the virus was released intentionally. Oh yes, that was an interesting. Yeah, he made the interesting comment, um, which is that he said that all the internal documents show a panic on their part, show fumbling and bumbling, and he feels they don't okay. show an intentional action, which I think that's a fair point of view. Um, you know, I, guys, you know, I have my own opinions and sometimes I'll just say, oh, you know, something doesn't smell right to me, but I do not try to assert any uh, suspicion I have or an opinion I have or, uh, you know, something, something I've imagined. I do not assert that to be fact. So, you know, it's a very interesting question. There's also sort of like yeah. the, the kind of the paradigm that we get from 9-11 where you have my hop and lie hop are the two schools mm -hmm. of truthers. You have my hop, is it made it happen on purpose? Lie hop, yeah. let it happen on purpose. So there's, <laughs> there's always that kind of thing. Did they do it on purpose or did an accident happen and they immediately configured as to how they can profit from it in, in a maximum way? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Good, but, good, but what were your thoughts about that aspect of the discussion, which I guess I do recall that, and I think that's an interesting discussion overall in this whole thing that we're discussing about this virus and how it changed yeah. the world. I mean, my, my immediate thought was the fact that we know that doc, that uh, Michael Callahan from the CIA was in Wuhan at the time of the outbreak from the uh, Real Anthony Fauci book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Right. And that's like uh, at the end of the book, uh, page 397, uh, where this uh, narrative is recounted that you know, the Michael Callahan was there at the time of the outbreak, and he told uh, Robert Malone, who was a fellow CIA officer, and that uh, he was just outside Wuhan. And um, so Callahan reported, uh, quote-unquote, magnificent infectivity 
that he giddily reported his amazement at the virus's magnificent infectivity. And so this also made me think of how um, people often respond to, when I talk to people about this whole COVID issue, the type that is kind of passed in the past now, they want to leave it in the past. And then people tell me, well, you know, Phil, I got injected and I'm fine, you know, so nothing happened to me. So maybe you're just overreacting. When I bring up information or facts or evidence mm -hmm. to substantiate my argument, often people I talk to just shrug their shoulders yeah. um, because of that fact that so many people got injected and nothing happened. But then I remember on the Defender podcast with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he interviewed Sasha Latipova, mm -hmm. and I think other people interviewed her and talked about this, and she discusses the batches and the lot numbers right. of the uh, COVID-19 injectable drug products. And she discussed how some of the batches were inert, inactive, and some of them were quote-unquote hot or toxic or right. had, uh, right. you know, they were loaded. So it seems to me plausible that whoever did this and that the CIA was in Wuhan at the time, Michael Callahan, and we know that there was the Event 201 uh, staging, the, the simulations before it happened. It seems to me that, and the way that, often psyops, psychological operations are done in a compartmentalized fashion. Maybe even Fauci and them were panicked because they really didn't know that it was going to get out, but maybe somebody in the CIA let it out and, uh, and they can track the lots and they, they might know which lots are hot, which lots are inert, inactive. And that this way it can be a trial run for future injection mandates. And now that we see the excess mortality rates, they might be able to see, oh, yeah, well, the loss that we distributed in that location, we can see that they uh, had the effect of uh, myocarditis, as we hoped. Right. And the ones that are, you know, tainted with uh, the DNA, as we're learning now with the new information yeah. your interview with uh, well, brother Phil, Dr. Jessica Rose. Yeah, Phil, I'm sorry. We're, oh, yeah. we're, we're running out of time. I'm That's so glad you called. <laughs> and, you know, I appreciate you so much. Um, I want to respond really quickly to what you said, which is it's interesting when people say, oh, I'm fine. Well, or they say, oh, everyone I know is fine. Well, have you conducted medical examinations on everyone you know? Like you can't say someone's fine because they didn't drop dead right in front of you when you saw them. Um, but, uh, you know, there's also the fact of it, it strikes me how um, it's, it's strange how people, uh, they don't care, it seems, how many people were injured. They say, oh, well, some, there's some adverse events and that's just the way it goes. But it's like, you know, but how many people? I mean, like, for example, if one... In, uh, in a million people got injured, well, that's 180 people, for example, if 180 million people were injected. Who were the 180 people? I mean, we should acknowledge them. It's a lot of people. Or if 1,000 out of 180 million get injured, it's a small percentage, but um, it's a small percentage, but it's a lot of people. So, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. We're out of time. I really wish we could have taken everyone's call. My apologies to... Uh, Gino from the Bronx, my apologies to Thomas from Queens, my apologies to Mike from Maryland. I apologize to, to our, our uh, brothers uh, who I didn't get to talk to today. We're going to have more of these open-ended conversations, the listener check-in, because this is a community station, and we are out. I just hit the, I just hit the wall. Peace. <laughs>